Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Workrate Podcast, AW Dynamite Review. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined by Brad Harkas. Brad, how you doing? I am excellent. How about yourself? I am not too bad. This is the first night where we are, or the first episode where we're actually recording this right after the uh, AW Dynamite, so it is fresh in our minds. Oh, yeah. It Also, I haven't, this will be, I'm, we're mostly going to be doing this off memory because I haven't had a chance to go through and fine tune the notes. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the excitement level might be higher. The accuracy might be a little lower. We'll see. Yeah. It we'll could work it out goes. better that way anyway. So we'll see. I know it's a, it's kind of exciting. Um, this was a very eventful week for AW this week. Um, this was where we got Kenny Omega and Don Callis showing up on impact. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can tell, and I believe this was the case, um, Impact episode was pre-recorded. They did TV taping, so it was in the can, mm-hmm. and they brought back a few guys to fill in some connective tissue. Yeah, to to talk about Kenny and Callis being there, and then um, the ending segment. Um, However, the first bit was a very, very funny um, uh, paid commercial, and they really emphasized that Tony Khan paid for this commercial. It was Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone in front of the old um, Memphis territory backdrop that they like to to use, where it says uh, AW Wrestling or All Elite Wrestling Mm -hmm. in the background, the purple background, and... It was them essentially saying that uh, they had bought the time. They said, like, Kenny, um, if we wanted to block you from being on Impact, we could have blocked you, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep the invitation open to return to AW Dynamite. And they said, uh, they said, uh, and they're fine buying this, uh, this ad time to talk about, uh, to talk about AW and their big winter's coming event and their events coming forward and Kenny because this money is really going to help the bottom line of impact mm-hmm. and maybe maybe down the line I don't know maybe they'll just buy him yeah <laughs> which which was kind of funny cuz it like I thought I thought it was super funny and super tongue in cheek and I really liked Tony Khan for doing it, but he does have to be careful that he doesn't heal himself. Yeah. Because you don't want to come off as the heel company because he is very much playing the WWE role to WCW yeah. in this position. I still thought it was so funny and Tony Shavoni Shavoni said the one of the funniest lines I've heard, which is uh Tony Khan says, hey, uh, you made an appearance on Impact like in the past, didn't you? And he says, he said, yeah, I made one uh, one appearance and then I retired for 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> Which so was good. really funny. Yeah. And, and I love I love that segment. It's per- I love those little segments that they do. It injects a lot of humor mm-hmm. and shows that Tony Khan, if he wanted to, could be in front of the camera. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he, funny. Yeah, he did really good. In, yeah, he was really funny. 
And and the one time he was on BTE doing that little fake press conference, he was very funny then as well. So if he wants to, there's a they could work him into it. Mm-hmm. And I think they might. They've invoked his name a little more often lately. Yeah, and um, they'll show him um, backstage. They've been showing him more backstage. To... Mm-hmm. I know he doesn't really want. He doesn't want to do an authority role. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe he'll. Uh, I don't know. Like come out as just the owner sometimes mm-hmm. to do maybe some sympathetic baby facing. If like let's say uh, a heel wants to beat him up or something. Yeah. But yeah, I thought because I think uh, the authority role essentially lands on Cody. Yeah, Cody and Brandy seem to have that. So yeah, so that that was very funny. And then it was, it was Impact for the rest of the episode, and they kept saying, uh, um, Kenny Omega and Don Callis mm-hmm. are in their, are in their big bus, their big, uh, like trailer bus yeah. or tour tour bus. In the parking lot, and uh, they would cut to it every so often. Yeah, what what's that announcer that they use that everybody dislikes? Josh Matthews. Yeah, they said uh, Josh Matthews will be interviewing him later, and uh, and then at the end, Josh Matthews goes into the bus, um, and he heads out there to do the interview, and there is a security guard there, and Rich Swan, who is the Impact Champion, tries to go out through the doors, and he's blocked. Mm-hmm. leaving by the um by the security saying oh no it's just it's just for the champion beyond these doors he's like i am the champion he's like no 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 not the impact champion no impact champion the AEW champion kenny omega so kind of uh they kind of big time on the yeah <laughs> and then um it cuts to uh josh matthews entering the entering the bus and he and he's looking for Kenny and Callis, and they're not there. And then they come out from a, come in from a different entrance, and they sit down, and they they talk about how what they pulled off. They've actually been planning for, for years. Yeah, for like thirty years, for like yeah. twenty seven, thirty years. Ever since Don Callis was uh, first met Kenny. And saw that he was a little athlete. He says they've been grooming him uh, to be a wrestler ever since Kenny's uncle groomed Don Callis, mm-hmm. the Golden Sheik. And then um, he says they, uh, he's like, this plan was in place when they were in Japan. Some people create matches. Some people create money. Kenny Omega creates history. History, yeah, that's what. And uh, which I love. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. And then Kenny Omega says, he says like, yes, I'm here. He's like, I got the AW belt. And he says, I'm a comic book collector. He's like, when I was a little kid, I used to collect all the comic books. I And I had the Spider-Man number one. He's like, but I always wanted the action comics number one. Mm-hmm. He's like, but that was so hard to get. And you, you, no matter how much money I had, I could never, I could never acquire the very best. He said, and that's what I love about wrestling. He's like, I have the AEW championship, and it is the best. Mm-hmm. But I want the other belts as well. I might take the Impact championship. He's like, I already have the AAA championship. He's like, I'm going to actually defend that this weekend. And uh, I, I think he might have even name-dropped 
and JPW as well. Mm-hmm. And like, it's awesome. So he's essentially going for the infinity stones. Yeah. He, he says that he has become the collector as well. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is a really cool angle. Yeah. And he says that what he has in plan, he's, he's like, think of me a little bit as Lex Luger. And I was like, Ooh, okay. That's interesting. Cause that's, uh, when Lex Luger was, uh, on the bus with WWE when he was going around traveling the United States. Yeah. And at the end, he ended up like power slamming Yokozuna. Yeah, the Lex Express. Um, <laughs> which is weird because that wasn't, that's not something that people look back on fondly. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that reflects great on Lex Luger. But the end, what what is interesting is the end of that, Ended up with Lex Luger joining WCW as a surprise. Yeah. He left WWE and just walked on to WCW. Yeah. So um, maybe he'll and, show up somewhere else. That's probably what he means. He's just going to show up wherever and he And he also, he showed up and aligned with Sting against his friends. Mm-hmm. So, and Sting's now with um, AEW. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a connection there with Sting that we don't know yet. Maybe um, that'd be really weird. Like, it'd be cool. It but would weird. <laughs> it it it'll be very weird. Mm-hmm. But something's something's happening. He he says he has some surprises down the line that he's not going to reveal. And then um, Don Callis asks him to do the. Uh, he's like, do do the thing, Kenny. Kenny, do the thing. Yeah. People, everybody wants you. Everybody wants you to see you to do the thing. He's like, okay, fine, fine. I'll do the thing. And then he does the goodbye and good night bang, <laughs> which he has not done on TV since, or he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't done on uh, on TV since Japan. Yeah, I think he did a modified version of it. Yeah, I remember one time he said like for, boyoing or something like that. Yeah. He did a modified version of it at the first fight for the fallen, mm-hmm. and he did the boyoing because it was a uh, a charity event for gun violence. Yeah, so he couldn't do the goodbye, good night, bang. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was I thought. I don't want to say I was underwhelmed. I did want to see Kenny in the ring for this segment, but because it had already been filmed, they couldn't do that. So he just did it on a bus. Yeah. But uh, it was is very very heel Kenny. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's completely heel Kenny at this point. Oh yeah, and it's very exciting. Yeah, and when we get to the later on in the show, he's even more heelish, like like ultra heel. Oh yeah, and he even he even brought out the the photo that it, it's funny. I think I think you and I were really. As far as I can tell, one of the only two people that picked up on the fact that they were in Don Callis' house mm-hmm. for that interview segment he did with um, he did with Tony Schiavone. This was when he was going to be facing Hangman. Yeah, because I remember you pointed out that that photo beside him was the Golden Sheik and Don Callis. Yeah. So they were like, "Oh, that's Don Callis' house." Yeah, so they've been and planting sh- the seeds for a while now. For at least two months, mm-hmm. and maybe longer, because even before that, before that match, even or they when they were doing the uh, interview, when they were doing like the uh, 
the talking head spots where they had different people talking about who they would choose to win the match. Don Callis was one of those yeah. guys. So they've been planning this for a long time. And like Don Callis, he was almost better than Kenny Omega. Oh, he's so good. Promo. He's so he's an good. incredible he's an incredible talker. Yeah. I always forget how good he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's uh let's cut now to AW Dark, which was it was fine this week. Um the one standout for me was the uh debut of the Varsity Blondes. Mm-hmm. And that was that's Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison's new team name. They came out with uh with new music, new gear, new video entrance, it's sufficiently retro mm-hmm. and almost like uh, Saved by the Bellish, yeah. which I like. Um, I really like it. It uh, it has a little bit of Bengal print, like uh, like Brian Pillman used to have, yeah, like worked into the logo, but not overly so, and. Uh, I love those guys. I think they're really good. And as much as I love Brian Pillman, I might actually like Griff Garrison oh, more. Interesting. He's, I mean, uh, I'm sure people saw it tonight. He has one of the best rolling elbows I've ever seen. Yeah, he was really good. It's vicious. Like he, he, he gets in there for short. He has one of the better hot tags mm-hmm. in AEW, and I love it. Um, but anyways, they had a match against Dark Order, which was interesting, and they won. And I knew they were going to win the match because it was against um, it was against Reynolds and Colt Cabana. Oh, okay. So they didn't have uh, Silver getting a loss there, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the team as a whole getting a loss. Yeah. But still, very good match. I liked it. And it shows that they have that they have a future for these guys. And I looked up online Pillman's contract, unless he's bought out, ends in June twenty twenty one. Okay. So we won't we probably won't see a big push for them or with them until that time. Yeah. Unless he get unless he gets bought out, which they might do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched the premiere of uh MLW, their comeback or whatever, and he had a title mm-hmm. match on that show. So, and that's from like a couple weeks ago too. So, well, yeah, it, it would be the thing for continuity wise for that show. It would be weird to just write him off. Mm-hmm. They have to use him somehow. Yeah. He didn't win the match, but he's still in a championship mm-hmm. match. It was a good match too. But. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he still appreciates that. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't want to pull it. His dad, of the the loose cannon route just yet (laughs) (laughs) all right so now we go to dynamite and the the editing for this first bit was weird at first it had uh had the bucks in the back and there was a weird little cut and then it cuts directly to the bucks being pulled off the top rope (laughs) (laughs) from their entrance by by th2 i was like whoa this is weird yeah what's what strange editing you guys did here so obviously they were a little tight on time Mm -hmm. for this episode and this was not a live episode so they were able to cut it together so it's that seems kind of obvious to me that they had to cut cut for the entrances yeah Yeah, because th2 they didn't have an entrance at all they were already in the ring no they didn't nobody did Neither of them had an entrance. That's true. 
Yeah, that's true. From the yeah, cut from the. This is what was so strange. It cut from the uh, the Bucks doing their interview to them being pulled off down off the top rope mm-hmm. by TH two, like right into the match. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" It was like a strange jump cut. But anyways, the the match was just like a cocaine high. Yeah, I love this match a lot. <laughs> like, I was really into this match. It it uh it took me a little bit aback at first because it was just like. It was just spot, spot, mm-hmm. spot, spot, spot. And this, I believe, was done very intentionally. Yeah. If you look at this match and the FTR match, you had the new school and the old school. Yeah. Um, TH2, it was TH2 versus the Young Bucks. TH2 was really the lesser Young Bucks. Yeah. And um, Varsity Blondes, although I do not think they are on on really the same style they're sort of the team that you could compare them the most especially with their with the the lineage of uh brian pillman jr but you had uh varsity blondes versus uh ftr and they're sort of like the poor man's ftr yeah like they're 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 more old school Mm -hmm. they have more old school tendencies so i thought uh it's interesting it's like they're facing the uh they're sort of facing their younger selves yeah. in each in each match, even though you can't really call TH two young. Yeah. I mean Jack Evans is one of he's one of the oldest guys in the company. Yeah. I was say, I remember <laughs> watching Jack Evans in like two thousand five wrestling a mm-hmm, Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, but this match this match versus the Bucks, it was just I, I almost had a hard time following it. Yeah. There was so much going on. Um at one point the Bucks got um involved with the acclaimed so clearly i think the bucks are probably going to end up facing the acclaimed next that's probably going to be their next match yeah i would think they seem to be building towards that seems like they'll have acclaimed versus um scu and i'm sure the acclaimed will go over and then they'll Mm -hmm. go on to the bucks that's what it'll be that's what it'll be Mm -hmm. um yeah so the they got involved with the acclaimed um there was a brilliant doomsday device on the ramp. Yeah, that was awesome. That the uh, that the Bucks hit on I believe is Evans. Yeah. On the ramp and uh and there was a I again another huge spike uh Hurricane Rana that Evans hit on Nick Jackson that I think on the on on the outside mm-hmm. it was just so vicious. Like, uh, against uh, anybody else, you would think the man was paralyzed. <laughs> and, uh, yes, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I'm just, I was going oh, along okay. with you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the, on the inside, uh, Angelico was able to hit the Navarro death roll on, 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 um, on Matt Jackson while he had his hurt ankle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to beat them. Yeah, it's... Well, that's what I thought too. I was like, "Oh, they're going to win and get a title shot." Yeah, because that was the stipulation for this. Because of TH 2s poor record, they're like, "We'll give you a title shot if you can beat us." Mm-hmm. So uh, they they let them call their shot here, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to do it!" I was like, "This is going to be huge for them." They didn't. The Bucks end up uh, breaking it up, hitting Angelico with stereo super kicks, which. 
This is one of the better cells I've ever seen for super kicks in my life because of Angelico's flexibility. Yeah. He just folds like an accordion. Yeah. Looks like they broke him in half. It was incredible. And then he's out and they still hit him with the BTE mm-hmm. trigger. Um, for me, I probably not quite as high as you on this match. I gave it a 3.75, which is still very good. Yeah. I'd probably give it around four. I, I liked it. I, it. They had me hooked the whole way. Mm hmm. Yeah, for me, it was just... Uh, the editing at the beginning? Uh, not so much that. Just that the it was almost like your eye couldn't settle on anything, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I got you. Sometimes if it's, if it's just go, 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 mm-hmm. go, like I don't, get, I don't get as much of a story. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Which, I, but, however, I think in the grand scheme of the story they're telling with FDR, mm-hmm. this was very much on purpose. Yeah. Because FTR is the is the slower, methodical story building team, mm-hmm. and the Bucks the past their past two matches have been against um, TH two and Top Flight, mm-hmm. who are very much the the high flyers yeah. of the division. So I think uh, this is sort of the Bucks sort of molding the division in their own image. And FTR being like, this is not what wrestling is. Mm-hmm. We'll show you what wrestling is. And uh, yeah, I like this. It's cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so the next, uh, the the this is the next very small little interview is just MJF in the back in the back saying that he's going to bash Cass Cassie's brains out, and he's going to enjoy every second of it because the fans love Cassidy. Mm-hmm. So. Classic okay. MJF. Yep, just short, sweet, sounds vicious. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. Then there was a Darby Allen segment, which is probably the most I've enjoyed a Darby Allen video segment in a long time. Yeah, I really like this one. I think maybe because he talked more in it. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he showed more of his, not just, I mean, he's always an edgelord, which is why I like mm-hmm. him. But he he, <laughs> he talked a lot more. And he, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no. I thought this one was really cool. He uh he's talking to a doctor mm-hmm. and the doctor is uh he's showing him Rorschach tests and he says uh what he goes through each of them and he sees the various members of Team Taz with each one. Yeah. And the last one he uh he shows him and he says uh he says he says, That's Brian Cage. Yeah. He's like uh he's like that's the man who ever since he's entered AEW, he's tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and they they showed like the various they showed times the power bomb and the body uh, bag and that he's brutalized him. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, he says like Brian Cage has pinned me. He's like, but I'm not afraid of. And he's like, and he's the number one contender. Mm-hmm. But I'm not afraid of of Brian Cage. He's like, I've had to uh, I've had to fight against guys like this my whole life. And yeah, I just thought it was a great promo. Yeah. Four stars on this promo. It was. It was uh, unique. It wasn't his usual stuff, and on his uh, at his property, yeah. in his backyard, didn't really like, light yeah. anything on fire this time. Yeah, it, it was solid. I I liked it a lot. Did you mention and, the uh, the sting Rorschach when he just smiled? Oh yes, yes. And the then they showed a Rorschach, and it was Sting's face paint, and uh, he just does like a little cheeky little smile, yeah. which was which is cool. Mm-hmm. I liked. It. I guess essentially just sort of showing his respect. Yeah. Without without tipping their hand, yeah. 
And speaking of okay. Sting. Yeah, speaking of Sting, this next segment, um, this wasn't advertised this way, but it was a Cody. Mm-hmm. It was framed as a Cody segment. So uh, Cody's out at the ring and His with Arn Anderson. entrance tonight and was even more ridiculous than it has been. It seemed mm-hmm. longer, like that opening, his opening video thing. It seemed longer than it normally does. And you realize why that is mm-hmm. uh, throughout this segment. It's uh, because he's insecure of Sting. Yep. <laughs> because uh, Cody is, he's supposed to be the face of the company. This is his company. Mm-hmm. He gets, he he's the person that the fans love. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the person they connect with. He gets the grandiose entrances, but that wasn't the case last week. Last week it was Sting, yeah, and and Sting was on TNT. Sting was the face of TNT long before Cody was. Around. Yeah, when Cody was probably a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I love this. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. Um, Cody comes out there and he talks about. He's about to talk about uh, what happened last week. When the lights go out and Sting comes in with the same entrance, he comes, uh, he comes into the ring. Arn Anderson grabs the mic, looks at him. He says, uh, you have an agenda. Uh, Cody has an agenda. I'm just going to let you two hash this out. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that, uh, this is really happening yeah. for you for real, which is kind of funny because Sting has pulled off masks before mm-hmm. revealing that he's NWO. Yeah. In the past. He's like, he's an enigma. He's the enigma sting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was cool because they have a serious history. Like those two guys have gone at it before. Yeah. Oh yeah. In cages. Mm-hmm. In war games. And uh, yeah. And then um, Sting takes the mics. He takes the mic and for, and I just, it was strange just how affable and happy Sting was yeah. in this whole segment. He like, he's so happy. He grabs the mic. He says like, he says like, oh, Tony, just come over here and give me a hug. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. And he's hugging Tony. Uh, he's weirdly jovial. Um, and then Cody comes on the mic. He welcomes Sting back. He thanks him for the assist. and yeah. says that he's been waiting to share the ring with him for a very long time and there's a little there's a little bit of disingenuousness there and a little bit of almost uh like it's not quite sincere Mm -hmm. like you don't you can't tell if he wants to tag with them or if he wants to fight them or if he doesn't like them and and then sting tells cody he's just like oh cody no offense but i'm not here for you yet yeah he's like He's like, he's like, maybe down the line, but he's like, I'm here for that. And he points out into the crowd and Darby's out there mm-hmm. in the crowd. Like Sting used to be in the rafters. Yeah. And um, there's actually a pretty big Darby allowed... chant too, after the Sting points to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then Cody immediately, he looks jealous. Yeah. Because uh, Sting was Cody's favorite wrestler as a kid. Yeah. And now Sting's like, not paying when, attention uh, to him. When Sting was in WCW, I'm not even sure Darby was born. He wasn't born at <laughs> Sting was first wrestling there, which is interesting. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, just the way that uh, oh, he says that uh, Sting tells him he says the way that I choose to do my business is 
is my business and no one will know it but me. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you'll, he's like, you'll know in due time. And then he says, see you around kid. And he pats, he uh, pats him extra hard on the back and like kind of hugs him really hard. Like, uh, yeah. And, and Cody just looks so pissed yeah. and he's like, Cody has not been paid. Cody's been the patronizing one all the way through <laughs> AW so far. And in this case, it was Sting doing it to him. He essentially just big timed uh, Cody. Yeah, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, it's really good. So, and so yeah, this one thing I noticed the, about the, Sting is he d- didn't dye his hair. He hasn't been dyeing his hair. He's letting mm-hmm. the gray fly. I thought that was cool. Yeah, he's letting the gray fly. He's got the dirty blonde look mm-hmm. going. Um, so this. I mean, it was confirmed earlier today and yesterday that Sting is going to be wrestling. I'll take back what I said last week when I said uh, that he wasn't going to be wrestling and anyone who thinks he was needs to get their head checked. Yeah. I, I'll t- I don't... I mean, I have to defer to Tony Khan and Sting and Cody on this one and the medical staff. Uh, they need to be careful because Sting could die yeah. in the ring. He's got spinal stenosis. Um, who knows if he's had surgery or if he had or if he's had work on it? Like I'll tell you what, he looked good. Yeah, he did in the ring. He he looks in shape. He looks like he could wrestle. He looks better than he did when he was in WWE. Yeah, honestly, it could he could be healed because that's what um, Edge had, and that's he what, and that he, is he just Edge had. he just came back. He, I know Edge did that. Same thing that uh, Daniel Bryan did that that where they like kind of basically freeze you or whatever. I forget what they call it, like the hyperbaric mm-hmm. chamber. That's what Edge mm-hmm. did to help his spinal stenosis. So maybe that's what Sting's been doing. Yeah, and I know um, Edge is like ten years, I think at least ten years younger mm-hmm. than Sting. Um, but yeah, Sting really hasn't. He has not wrestled a lot. He looks like he's in shape. Um, I would be afraid for him because I know there was an interview short. I don't know. I don't know how long ago it was, maybe like eight years ago where he said that uh, like any swing of the back or hard motion could kill him. Mm -hmm. So it was like, holy shit guys. I don't know if you really want to be playing around with this. Yeah. That's, but who knows if he's had treatment or work done on it to the point where he can, where that's no longer the case. Yeah. We don't know that. Um, they could do a, like um, a cinematic thing too, like a mm-hmm. cinematic match or something too, to make it even safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't really see Cody doing a cinematic. Me match. either. That's not, just... that's not his thing. I think he's, they're probably just going to work a reasonably safe match. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Cause I mean like Cody's finisher. He, he can't, can't do that. Do that yeah, on, he can't do that. He can't. He can't do that on Sting, man. Mm-hmm. And so I guess Sting goes over in whatever this match is, which he probably should anyways. Yeah. Just for storyline purpose and to like keep the immortal mystique of Sting alive. Because I'll tell you what, man. He looks fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked really good. Like, he sounded good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was so excited with how he sounded because... Like I said on last week's episode, I did. I never really saw Sting on the mic because the majority of Sting I saw was Crow Sting in WCW, mm-hmm. and he did not talk. 
Yeah. All he did was woo. Yeah. <laughs> this was a, uh, yeah. If you ever go and watch his TNA stuff, he, he would have promos mm-hmm. like this and stuff. And then there's the infamous, which I loved it, but the Joker sting too, which is great where he went crazy. <laughs> and, <clears throat> but that's another thing they could do during that time in TNA sting actually had a match with Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I think it's Hulk Hogan's last match ever. But, I mean, Hulk Hogan took one bump during that match. is basically mm-hmm. like a walking, punching match. So they, yeah. could, they could do something like that where, you know, they just kind of brawl around the ring and don't really. And Cody, Cody's good at those matches. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, Jake the Snake last week um, took a bump. Yeah. He took bumps last week yeah. in the uh, the segment that came after which they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the segment that happened in the ring with uh with the with Kingston's family. Mm-hmm. He took shots. Yeah. He took shots in that. Yeah, so. he got involved tonight too. Not as much as he did last week, but Yeah, a bit. A bit, yeah. Um okay, so the next little bit was uh a Team Taz promo and uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it was interesting. They essentially announced that Hook has officially joined team taz at their dojo mm-hmm. and hook was with the group he was um yeah he he was there yeah. he's he's one of them now and i'm super excited to see him he's definitely going to come out there and make his presence felt against cody at some point yeah and uh yeah i'm super excited about man. that. man yeah this promo it was the promo was fine but just seeing them all standing there i was just like man team taz looks so fucking cool like they're just cool they're looking numbered. yeah <laughs> Their numbers are swelling. Yeah. yeah, they look good. They look like a gang. Yeah, is what they look like. Yeah. They look like a gang. Yeah. Okay, and then the next match was Varsity Blondes versus FTR, and this was this was a good match. Um, it was, and it was super interesting to see Pillman with the potential Four Horsemen members. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if Pillman will ever join, whatever form of Four Horsemen they create in AEW, but. Uh, I think at some point you would think he would join them down the line, but but they always have revolving members. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and uh, and I gotta say, Pillman Pillman's got some great chops, man. They have some style. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, uh, <laughs> he also the, there's one thing I'll say about Pillman, like uh, he could get a le- he he's still fairly green and and he's a prodigy, but. His he's got some style when he's in that ring. Yeah, he knows how to make himself look good, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that about him. Yeah, and yeah. So th- this match was was pretty much FDR just uh, obliterating the Varsity Blondes, mm-hmm. um, isolating them in the corner, mostly isolating Pillman because Pillman can really take a beating well. Yeah, and like you're saying that um, Garrison has a really good hot tag. So yeah. Garrison has an awesome hot tag. He comes in there, hits the rolling elbow, um, th- throws both guys in the corner, hits a he he does the big boot. He throws them both in the corner, does the big does the big almost a stinger splash on both of the guys in the corner, yeah, and then hits them with a double spear, which I thought was an yeah. awesome spot. That double spear was really was, cool. Like the Garrison's really really growing on me, mm-hmm. but then they're able to hit the they were FDR was able to overpower them hit them with the with the good night express but honestly i thought this was one of the better matches of the night i gave it four stars 
Yeah. Like, I, like I this really, special. I really like this one. Um, they do have something special with Varsity Blondes. I think they will be very good and very much um, sort of like the hybrid, like the the athletic tag teams of the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, sh- sure. Like you were saying earlier, once Pillman contracts up with MLW, they'll really start to push him more. Mm-hmm. If they can't right now, yeah. which uh, which is unfortunate, but uh, it's it's still good that they're able to use the tag team to establish both those guys yeah. because it's clear that AEW sees a lot in them, and specifically, I mean, you know, they see a lot in Pillman, but they can't push him. But you can tell they really see a lot in Garrison as well because mm-hmm. he he's low key under under the radar, one of the first young signees that's really broken through like he has wins in AEW that lee johnson doesn't even have yeah lee lee johnson still doesn't have a win and griff garrison i think has two singles wins nice in AEW. so they, they they see something there and i see it too so i'm excited yeah the whole team just only has upsides yeah, I, I, I can't wait. All right, so the next segment was fucking awesome, if only for Hangman's shirt. Oh my gosh, Hangman's shirt was amazing. I feel like the Hangman's shirt and uh, and the fact that you want to look like the Butcher are two reoccurring re- <laughs> things that you say over and over. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm a simple man. I like Western-style shirts <laughs> and big, big burly tattooed looks Leonard Skinner yeah. <laughs> I'm a simple man yeah <laughs> um yeah so this was uh this is Paige doing an interview and uh he's asked about a six-man tag that he has next week against Private Party and Matt Hardy and I believe it's Marvez he says he says oh you know you don't actually have a have any tag partners for this match and he says like Oh, he's like, I'm looking for tag partners. I'll, I'll find partners. And, and he's at the bar and popping up behind the bar wearing little kid cowboy yeah, the hats. the dorkiest is, cowboy hats. Is Silver and Reynolds just looking like friggin' Woody from Toy <laughs> yeah. Story. And they're like, like, Hangman, Hangman, it's us. Choose us for your for your tag team partners. And he's like, oh, guys, I, I can't. I can't. I've, I've, I've got partners. I'm just like, come on, man. We've got your back. We're a good team. We can do this. He's like, and he's smiling. He's like, okay, fine. You know what? Just this once. Mm-hmm. He's like, but none of this Dark Order stuff. I'm not joining the Dark Order. I'm not doing the claw thing. He's like, he's like oh, no worries. No worries. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I can't wait for him to eventually join Dark Order. And yeah, it'll be fantastic. And then Brody Lee's going to come back. Oh, yeah. And then you know they're going to feud. Yeah. And it's going to be fantastic. And I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. And then we have a match with um, Dustin Rhodes versus 10, which is this is a weird one. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's almost like, why is this match really on here? Yeah, um, I remember last week we talked about it. Like, I don't even know why this match is on here, but yeah. So, but anyways, um, I was happy that when Dustin Rhodes came out, he came out with Lee Johnson. Yeah, that was accompanied cool. him to the ring, mm-hmm. and he second he seconded seconded him at the ring, which was nice because the nightmare family the nightmare family's been weirdly absent for each other's matches. Yeah, 
which has not really made a ton of sense. Um, but yeah, so they're they're having a match, and there's a there's a a weird point when uh ten ten is near the uh the face side, and Aaron Solo just grabs him from the outside, and he turns around, and just pump kicks Aaron Solo. Yeah, in I the didn't face. really understand that. Like, yeah, I didn't really get it either, and it didn't really uh lead to anything. Mm-hmm. And then um. 10 got back in the ring i just typed down i i typed in my notes aaron solo gets kicked i looked up and the 10 had been hit by a bulldog and he loses the match yeah. and i was like that was strange that's not even dustin's finisher he's like okay that's that's odd and then dark order comes down the ring they don't do anything but uno comes in the ring and this was actually kind of cool he uh he offer he tells Dustin he says um he's like I know that you have a legacy here you have there's a legacy of five decades with the Rhodes name he's like but honestly within this company you're the third most you're you're the third most famous Rhodes yeah and I was like ooh <laughs> he says he says he says you know you always have a spot in the Dark Order if you want it he says. We'll offer you number seven. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. That is, that's, that's a hell of a shot. That's cold because blooded. Because that is um, the terrible character that WCW gave um, Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it's either this character or another character, but is the character that he did at the height of his drug abuse. That was... Um... That was in TNA, that, and I forget the that name was the that. other one in yeah. TNA. Okay, good. Okay, I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe they're going here." Uh, but yeah, so Seven was did not last very. Long. I actually kind of liked Seven as a little kid, or not as a little kid, but as when I was in seventh grade, yeah. I actually quite liked Seven. I thought he was cool. I just remember he like flew <laughs> to the ring or something. Like they had him like on a wire, and he went down the ramp. That's all I remember. It was super creepy, mm-hmm. but yeah, they. Uh, it was very short lived. Yeah. It lasted like two weeks. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it was like the height of the the Vince Russo era, so things didn't last very mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was that was just a nice little slap in the face mm-hmm. and reference to WCW, and I really appreciated that. Oh yes, and um, Dustin, he's looking at his hand, and Evil Uno is putting up his hand in the claw. He's looking at his hand, and then he just slaps him in the face. And he's like. He's like, okay, I deserve that. He's like, but um, he's like, when you learn to understand what I understand, you'll come begging to join us. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I I kind of like this angle. Mm-hmm. It gives Dustin something to do. They're doing a lot of people joining the Dark Order. I don't really know where this ends as far as like they can't just keep having people join them over and over because they also have the Colt Cabana thing. They have the Tay Conti thing is still blowing in the wind mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, so that that's interesting. We'll we'll come back to that later. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I don't see Dustin joining, but I. It's good that no. they have a story coming out of it, though. He could do mm-hmm. that for a few yeah. weeks and. Totally, it's just it's just kind of odd that they they're always. They always have like two recruitment angles going mm-hmm. on at all yeah. times. Uh, not not only just uh, with Dark Order. 
Okay, so the next segment. The next segment was kind of odd as well. It was uh, Tony with Shaq and Brandy. Yeah, this one was this weird. Is, uh, but I liked it cause, just because I like Shaq. But... Yeah, it was Tony Schiavone with uh, Shaq and Brandy. We heard that Shaq was going to be on the show this week. This was a sit-down interview. And Brandy was there, sort of inexplicably. Yeah. Um, and Shaq looked really funny in that chair. He looked so tiny compared yeah. to him. So, uh, Br- so uh, Tony in- introduces Brandy as the uh, as the brand officer, and then he introduces Shaq, and he gives him the long intro, yeah. talking about all his accomplishments. And then Brandy's just like, "Oh, you're gonna go, you're gonna butter his toes, but you're not gonna." Uh, you're just going to give me the little brand officer intro. Okay, that's interesting, which I actually kind of like when she does this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when she leans. It's weird that the, they lean into this heel stuff, but they're not heels. It's yeah. it's interesting, but it's odd. Um, and uh, Shaq says that he says that he's a, he's a fan of Jade, Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and he see he loves her. He's known her a long time, and he wants her to do big things. He doesn't really. He says, "I don't really appreciate what what Jade did to you, Brandy," and she and Brandy says, "You know what? I didn't appreciate it either." And says that uh, Jade came at her, and she hopes that eventually, what's ha- going on between them can be settled. And who knows if that means in the ring or a negotiation? They don't really get that far. And uh, Shaq says. And Shaq says, "Oh yeah, of of course." He's like, he's he's like the stuff between me and Cody online on Twitter. He's like, "That's just fun between friends. That's just jokes." He's like, "But he says, what's going on between you and Brand or you and Jade?" He's like, "I really want to see that, and I'll be there for that match." Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so they're going to be having a match at some point, which is cool. Um, I would assume it's going to devolve into Cody and Shaq versus Jade, and or sorry. Uh, Shaq and uh, Shaq and Jade versus Cody and Brandy. Yeah, that's what my feelings on that too. I think that's what's going to happen. And uh, Brandy gets up and she's leaving, and and Shaq says that he kind of mumbled this, so he didn't quite get it all. But he's he says like he's like, oh well, well your arms in that sling, maybe you can uh, learn, learn s- a thing or two from uh, from Jade. I guess yeah. maybe from her from her fitness stuff and, mm-hmm. and then brandy's like what you're you're just gonna throw shade at me as i'm as i'm as i'm walking away you asshole and she throws her drink in shaq's face and then shaq just turns to the camera like he's a cartoon yeah, and just stares funny. at it dripping wet it's like okay <laughs> this is this is bizarre he doesn't look mad yeah he he looks like he's in looney tunes or yeah something. they should have had a sound effect or something like that by <laughs> yeah he looked like marmaduke mm-hmm. uh, well so okay whatever i don't know i don't know what's happening here but uh fine yeah it was fine <laughs> I, I like seeing Shaq. Shaq always makes me laugh so i see Shaq. i think Shaq can do something cool in the ring he's he's still i imagine he could still do some stuff like he there's certain people they have just have those athletic genes mm-hmm. where when you put them in certain positions they can perform he's a performer i'm excited to see what he can do and he's gonna draw huge ratings oh yeah no no matter what anybody says yeah so he's Shaq. wrestling wrestling purists won't like it but whatever i don't care well, uh, it's Shaq. Right. Just enjoy it. Yeah, 
Shaq's fun. Yeah. Let's move on. It's going to be more of a showcase for Jade Cargill anyways, Mm because it's likely going to be her her first match. Yeah. Okay, so next we have the Ultimatum. And this was the Inner Circle all coming down to the ring. Santana, again, wasn't there. I'm wondering if maybe he's sick. Uh, That's what I was thinking, too, when he didn't show up again. I was like, Maybe mm-hmm. he was around someone that had COVID or something, so he's quarantined. Yeah, he, he didn't show up last week, and I thought just because of the angle, maybe he was just in, inconspicuous in his absence, mm-hmm. which could still be the case because he's been the guy who hasn't been picking a side. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he wasn't there, and they pointed out that fact yeah. this time. He was He's so distraught, um, he didn't even show up to work. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Jericho starts it by saying this is a very serious night, possibly the last time they'll ever be in the ring together as a unit. Um, he says uh, that he needs the inner circle to become the most powerful faction in AEW, or he's just going to disband the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he says, honestly, that last week was embarrassing. And... I thought this was pretty cool. This is where he uh, he mentions that Santana's not there. Um, he says that he wants uh, he wants everybody to get a chance to just air their grievances. So it starts with MJF, and he says that he loves everybody like like brothers. He says that uh, Ortiz is his essay, which is so fucking obnoxious. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, he says that he he understands what's going on. He he knows that the the issue is him. He's not an idiot. He knows what people thinks of him. He knows that people think that he's trying to break up the group or take it over. But he said that he just wanted to join the group to become the greatest faction. And he sees them all as brothers. And that he was extremely disappointed in Sammy for trying to betray Chris Jericho yeah. last week. <laughs> and then and then Sammy interrupts him and tells him to shut the hell up. And then they come nose to nose. And Je- and then Jericho says he's like, MJF, stop. We all he's like, we we've all established this before. We all watch Dynamite. Mm-hmm. We all watch the show. We know it was you with the with the towel and he's like oh no i was just there i was i was sweating yeah <laughs> and uh i needed to wipe my brow and then ortiz jumps on the mic and he says he says honestly i didn't like you guys for a while he's like but i've learned to accept that you two guys are assets mm-hmm. you're beneficial he's like you're not good people you're not good humans he's like i look at wardlow he's like or he's like he says as people as humans that's that's debatable. He's like, I love Wardlow, and then and then he looks at uh, MJF. He says, I don't love you, but you're growing on me like a fungus. Like, yeah, you're growing on me like a fungus or like a, like a carbuncle. <laughs> <laughs> and he tell he he looks at Sammy. He's like, Sammy, shake his hand. And Sammy's like, No, man, why would I shake his hand? He's like, He said, uh, He said, Chris brought us together. This was Chris's decision. And you don't always get to choose the hand that you're dealt. He's like, but this hand is a winning hand. And he's like, you shake his hand and you be the better man because you're better than him and you know it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And and uh, MJF likes that. And and they, they shake hands. And 
Chris Jericho's like, okay, so this is settled. And then Hager's like, with his lisp, he's like, well, you know what? This isn't <laughs> settled. He's like, he's like Wardlow over there. Uh, he he keeps uh, he keeps staring at me, and I don't like it. And then Wardlow's yelling at him. He's like, he's like, no, you're staring at yeah. me. He's like, no, you're staring at me, and your eyes are never open, and I don't like it. <laughs> Just yelling back and forth, and I thought it was really funny. And then Jericho cuts in again and he starts yelling at them to stop it he's like he's like no he's like we're gonna dominate together he's like he's like this is it and sammy's like okay okay fine Mm -hmm. Uh, i'll shake your hand he shakes his hand and then they're like all right this is this is good we're we're united and then mjf interrupts jericho he's like he's like i'm gonna he's like i'm gonna dominate uh orange cassidy orange cassidy tonight and taking the spotlight from jericho and and then Jericho cuts him off. He's like, he's like, MJF, you're ruining this. Yeah. He's like, okay, sorry, sorry. He takes a step back and he says, uh, he's like, and then they're like, all right, we're good. And then it cuts. And uh, that's the last. Did they all do like the then. middle finger pose? Oh, yes. They they do the, yes. Then they do. He's like, we'll, we'll, we'll do the pose. And then they all do the, the middle finger pose mm-hmm. saying that they're united again, which I was excited for because we haven't seen them that united in a while. And I, I did think that it was a little too soon to make them not be uh, a force in AW. Mm-hmm. I still think they need maybe a couple weeks to really dominate. I'm sure and, they will. Uh, yeah, they the next will. Next couple weeks. I th- and I think we saw it after the end of this episode that that will be the case. Mm-hmm. And then we get a, uh, then it cuts to a short little promo of FTR and Tully, and it's it starts with Cash taking responsibility for uh, for losing to the Bucks. He's like, uh, he's like, we lost because I forgot what it means to be a tag team wrestler. I tried to do the high flying garbage that the Bucks do, and I cost us. Mm-hmm. And Tully says, no, that wasn't your fault. I wasn't there. When we work at our best, we're a well-oiled unit. We're like a '87 Mustang, and then Dash comes in. He's he's like, "Yes, absolutely, we're an '87 Mustang. You can't just slap a sticker on some jalopy and then like a bumper sticker on some jalopy and call it a champion." He's like, "A he's like, we are the best tag team in AEW, and we will prove it." Which just a standard FTR promo. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I'm excited to see more from them. They're clearly building towards Revolution, and I think that will be fantastic at Revolution. And maybe that will be when we see. I think. I think. I think what happens there is either the Bucks win and they squash this uh, this feud, or I think that might be when we see FTR win as the Four Horsemen. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. That that that's what I'm thinking. I think they are still building to that slowly. Mm-hmm. I that's just my. They haven't really dropped any hints for that, but I have a feeling that when FDR, if they do, when they do get the belts back, it will be in that situation. I could see that. That'd be like the huge mm-hmm. story coming out of that pay per view. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, then we have the 
Kingston's family versus Archer and Lucha Bros. And this was a strange match as well. Yeah, it started out really weird. With, it uh, started. It was just a just a war mm-hmm. at the beginning. It started out with Archer doing his uh, cross body over the top rope. Yeah. Um, against the other teams, it's just a just a battle. And while they're all fighting on the outside, Butcher puts Penta through a table, and then they helped Penta off. Yeah. And like as if it was an injury, and he never came back. Yeah, that was it. He never showed back up. And I don't know if that's an angle or what. Um, and you can never tell with AEW. I've talked about this before. They work. They really work you with uh, fake injuries a lot. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he never came back, he may actually be injured. But everyone in the in the match didn't really react as if it was a bad thing that happened. Yeah, it they seemed like continued. the rest of the match continued as planned. Yeah, it seemed like the rest of the match continued as planned, so it was it was really quite strange. So mm-hmm. it ended with um, ended up that the the or Kingston's family was able to overwhelm the two guys, despite them being as amazing as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they they beat down Phoenix to the, but then he was able to hit a massive cutter on Eddie Kingston. And then he was able to get the hot tag to Archer who just dominated everybody. And then inexplicably tagged Phoenix back yeah. in who then lost. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Penta didn't come back out. Pack didn't come out. So I was like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. I have and a feeling Pack might be back in England though. I think that is the case. You, I believe you called that mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago that he would be heading back to England for the holidays, and that adds up to me. Yeah. But then, uh, after this match ends, Archer just destroys the family. Yeah. <laughs> until they are able to escape. And uh, that ma- the match was it was okay. Yeah, it, was it wasn't fine. anything too crazy. Got to I see the butcher. Like, so. Like give it like three and a half stars. Yeah. It didn't really didn't really advance the story in any way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like it was it was good for what it was. Yeah, got to see the butcher, Not... so I'm always happy with that. Yeah, and they got a win. Yeah, uh, they've been but... giving them a lot of wins lately. I've noticed they have been giving them a lot of wins, which is which is cool. Yeah. And then the next uh, the next very brief segment, I like I really like this. It was the. Uh, it was Red Velvet in the back being attacked by um, Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to how they attacked uh, Brandy Rhodes the week before. And this time it was uh, Nyla Rose doing more of the attacking, hitting her with a chair. Yeah. And um, and then the the faces rush in, and then Ivelisse and Diamante rush in behind. It's just a brawl of the faces and the heels mm-hmm. of the women's division fighting. It didn't last very long, but it looks like Jay Cargill is aligning with uh, Nyla Rose, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. It's sort of like uh, Vicky Guerrero is creating her own Team Taz kind of situation. Yeah. Which and I'm cool with I'm that. Here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here for that yeah. because we we need a uh, we need a female faction. And I kind of wish that maybe one of the male factions would just bring in a another female sort of like Anna Jay. Mm-hmm. in dark order but this is cool i like this um i wish they would get a little more time but this is i like i like where this is heading 
And then we got Abaddon versus Tesha Price, and I love this. This was a quick, short, brutal match. Yeah, Abaddon was scary as hell during this yeah, match. Yeah, and Tesha Price was the perfect opponent because she looks. She just she has she just looks this, sweet and innocent. Yeah, this bubbly like '80s pop star mm-hmm. kind of uh, personality, sort of like a what's the um, Fiona so, something Sparkle? Is it Fiona Sparkle from uh, from How uh, I Met Your Mother? Oh, uh, hold on, it's uh, her name's Robin on the show, but I forget her. Anyways, it's, it's like a 80s, like an 80s pop star. That's what she looks like. She's very bubbly, very uh, gregarious. And then Robin Sparkles. Ab- Robin Sparkles. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Abaddon comes out there, just throws her in the corner and just starts body shots. Yeah. <laughs> just body shots. Just wild swings. Just just destroying her. And then she hits her with, what? what's the finisher she hits her with? It's a. Uh, I've, I've seen. Do you remember it that wrestler Victoria from like the two thousands mm-hmm. in WWF? It was hers. She called it like the Widow's Peak, I think. Okay, yeah, is what it reminded me of. Did. It's pretty much that same move, which is an awesome yeah, move. They, I'm surprised no one's tried to use it before. Yeah, they they didn't give it a name in this match, mm-hmm. but it is. It's a it's a super cool move. It looks. She's able to pause with her up perched in the position just before she hits her with it mm-hmm. and it just looks so menacing because she's able to abaddon's able to mean mug to the camera yeah. a little bit he's able to growl and spit and then hit her with it mm-hmm. and then um and then she does uh music hits and Sheeta comes running down with the kendo stick and uh just cracks abaddon right between yeah that the was eyes, a nice shot drops her with one shot and uh, then she picks up, uh, she she picks up Tisha Price, and she's she's helping her out of the ring, and uh, and then Abaddon does the Undertaker sit up, does a little neck crack, mm-hmm. looks at her, and then stands up, and the the other two women are leaving, terrified. Um, Tisha Price looks like she's crying. Yeah. Um, Sheeta's pointing the kendo stick at her as they back away. This is really cool. It made. It was good because it made Sheeta look, despite her being scared of Abaddon, it still made her look strong. Yeah, because you you see her come out and she stands every second. And she looks scared, but you see her like, I got to do this, and like, like uh, readies herself to get in there to. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that, that's what some people's concern with the previous segment of Sheeta, despite it being funny and despite it being a cool angle was that it kind of made your champion look weak. Mm-hmm. So this was a good way of doing both, making Abaddon look scary and making Hikaru Shida look strong. Yeah. I mean, so, this, it'll make... I don't think it's going to make her look weak if she's scared. It'll make her look even better when she eventually beats her. It, it's not really a concern of mine, mm-hmm. but I know other people have had that concern. So I thought this was a good way of minimizing those concerns for people that have them oh yeah but i i think i think it's fine that a face seems scared Mm -hmm. of the big bad monster yeah that they can then overcome yeah definitely and i don't think abaddon's ever going to win the belt because monsters like that don't need the belt oh no no she's like 
the belt means nothing to them. They're not here for the belt. They're here for your soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the next little thing, it was uh, Jericho is in the back, and he's just saying that Inner Circles is going to show solidarity. Um, They're going to second MJF to ringside, and they're going to guarantee victory. And they sort of say that ominously as as if, is some dissension gonna happen tonight? Yeah, when they're uh, when they're out there, and I thought that was thought that was cool. Um, even if nothing happens, it gave the implication that it might. Yeah, and I like that. It was good little voice work that Jericho was doing that pretty much only he can do at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then it's Kenny is arriving by fucking helicopter. Yeah, that was so awesome. So, so Kenny swoops in by helicopter with Don Callis, looking every much the Ric Flair of this company right now. Yeah, he looks and, like a super eighties like Miami Vice looking guy with this suit, his yeah, sports coat and stuff. He's wearing a white sports coat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his beard is getting darker, which I love because my favorite heel Kenny was when he had the dark. A short beard in uh in japan yeah. so i'm happy that's coming back it's darker than it was on impact yeah so yeah so he and kenny are walking off the airplane they're on the they're in the parking lot and marvez catches up to them and they just blow off marvez yeah like, let's they're go like, this way they no, just no, go no. the complete opposite way <laughs> yeah they're like no 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 we're gonna do this in the ring bye buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, they leave him in their dust and then uh, Kenny comes out with another hilarious intro. Yeah, he had um, four dancing girls this time. Yeah, one of the one of the things that they that um, Justin Roberts said was he's the he's the first uh, person to to pin John Moxley in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, he's undefeated in in uh, sanctioned um, singles matches. <laughs> North Carolina involved in there. They were like, he flew his helicopter over North Carolina. <laughs> Very funny. I did like that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, he comes out. There's like, yeah, I think as you said, there's like, there was five broom girls this time. So he's <laughs> yeah. really, he's really leaning into, he brought back the women. I don't care what people say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's like, I'm going to have my dancing women. And then they get to the ring and, Tony Schiavone tells them that he he was disgusted with uh yeah with the way that they acted last week and on impact he's like how could you do this to the company and Callis starts mocking him and then he starts mocking the fans mm-hmm. and he starts mocking Tony Khan um then uh he starts talking about how everybody has been saying that this is the biggest screw job since Montreal he starts talking about how he is the golden hand that uh the invisible hand that's been uh that's been putting all these pieces in place and then they kind of um started repeating some of the impact yeah uh promo stuff which i was like oh this is a little weak that they're repeating this however i do understand it because despite having uh record numbers for the past couple of years for impact they did like 50,000 views on Twitch, mm-hmm. which normally they do three or four thousand. So they they killed it. Yeah. Um, 
it's not nearly the amount that they normally get on AEW. Yeah. So they kind of really they kind of had to reiterate that point, um, which I think maybe they shouldn't have used the exact same talking points, but it is what it is. But they talk about how uh, he's the invisible hand. He says that Kenny and Don created AEW when they uh, when they created that match against Jericho in Japan, which uh, which Tony Khan saw and was such a big fan, and that's how AEW ended up getting created was because of that match. Mm-hmm. Then he he hands it over to Kenny and he calls him. Kenny, my God, Omega, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really funny, and he says that um, he says that Kenny says that he never begged AW to have his to have his friends and his family get jobs in 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 AW. Um, he said he buy he bided his time and he waited. He's not about this nepotism that is running rampant in AW. There's that word again. They keep using this as a plot device. Mm -hmm. And I'm loving that they're doing this because it's actually a criticism that people have of AEW. And it's a, it's a fair criticism. They do, uh, they get their friends and family jobs. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, but it is, it is a thing that happens. So I like, I like that Kenny is using that. He says that, he says that everything fails in comparison to the title. He says that his match was a seven-star classic performance. He says it was fine art. Um, he says he says that everyone fell for it, and he said he doesn't even care as long as John Moxley bought it. He's like John Moxley bought into his performance, and he doesn't care that he hit him with the mic because it's what everyone wanted. Everyone wanted him to win. He know, he said, you all knew that deep down. Mm-hmm. And he hints at more surprises that nobody sees coming. And then Don Callis stops him short. He says, like, no, it's not time for those surprises yet. Just dangling that little carrot in front yeah. of us. And then he reiterates that Kenny makes matches. Kenny makes money. But most of all, Kenny makes history. Yeah. Awesome and then, stuff. And then once again, he's like, do the thing, Kenny. Kenny, do the thing. For the first time on Dynamite Television, do the thing. And then Kenny does the goodbye, good night, bang. And yeah, I thought this was thought this was really good. Um, it felt like a closing segment. It was not the closing segment. Yeah. This was before the uh, before the the main event and um yeah i'm just glad the uh, the aw audience the full aw audience got a chance to see it because not everybody watched impact mm-hmm. and it was good to see it in the middle of a ring however i if i'm impact i must be like what the hell yeah it's the same thing <laughs> it's like why does why is anybody going to turn into impact next time you show up mm-hmm. so i don't know i think they have to watch it a little bit with that because impact might get a little bit annoyed yeah but um next time he comes on they need to have him in mm-hmm. the ring for sure the rumors i'm hearing about what's happening with kenny and don and impact is that don's contract is coming up soon and he's going to jump ship with Kenny to AW hmm. to be his mouthpiece and his manager, which I think is fantastic. 
and I think that's probably a foregone conclusion at this point with how they are uh, appearing on AW and that the at the very least the good brothers are coming over for one match in AW which is probably going to be against the Bucks. That'd be awesome. Which I think is probably going to be one of those big December shows. Yeah, they've got three of them. Mm -hmm. And then that will give them a chance to do that match and then go into Revolution against against FTR. And then if all of this goes well, maybe they'll continue to push forward with this partnership. And I think it they have to if i'm impact they have to bend over backwards to try and make this work because they did their best ratings in in years Mm -hmm. so this is the most relevant they've been in a long time and i looked and i saw that uh both josh alexander and uh, ethan page ethan page is up at in january and alexander's up in february so Clock is ticking on those guys. Yeah. One way or another, we're going to get the North versus FTR. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think I'm quite sure Ethan Page is good friends with Cody Rhodes. So unless um, WWE comes knocking, and they very well could, mm-hmm. um, Ethan Page, I believe, did wrestle in Evolve at one point. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're probably going to AEW, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. So anyways, next match in the the main event of the night was MJF versus Orange Cassidy. And this was by far the best match on the show. Yeah, this match this was match great. Was, this match was fantastic. I I mean, you always kind of... This was kind of a low-key dream match within AEW because they hadn't faced each other yet. And they... They waited a full year, mm-hmm. longer than a year before they gave this to us. So kudos to them on that. And it was awesome. MJF came right out of the gate, just taking it to uh, Cassidy before he could get his shirt off, before he could get his arm pad on. Um, Cassidy at one point went for the orange punch, uh, hit the post. Yeah, there was so much in this match. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't even type up what was happening. Yeah, fast it, enough. It was going so quick. Yeah. Um, MJF was able to hit a power bomb on the apron on the outside, which is one of my favorite MJF spots. I love it. It's so heelish. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he's focusing his attack on the right hand of Cassidy, so he can't do his orange punch. He got his fingers trapped in the uh, in the connecting mechanism of the turnbuckle at one point. He's mm-hmm. trying to break his fingers. Um. And then inner circles attacking Orange Cassidy on the outside. Um, and to the point where best friends, during the commercial break, they run to the locker room and they bring out reinforcements, which is Top Flight and uh, Varsity Blondes and and uh, Brandon, Cutler. Brandon Cutler. So they're yeah. on the outside and they're essentially, it essentially turns into a lumberjack match at this point. So... Um, they're they're all they're helping uh helping their respective side with like uh breaking up near falls mm-hmm. and putting putting feet on the ropes and and orange cast he keep he keeps getting in the the upper hand but he keeps faltering because of his hand yeah and then uh at one point he reverses the um the heat seeker 
and dumps uh, MJF on the outside. And then he hits this really cool springboard senton onto yeah, that was all nice of the inner looking. circle on the outside. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he almost cracked his head on the on the barricade. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. He got a lot of height. And it looked really nasty. It looked really cool and really nasty. And then they get back in the ring. MJF is able to get, take advantage again because of the hand. He hits him with the uh, with the heat seeker, but he's he's too near the ropes. But he does go up to try and get leverage with his feet yeah, on the ropes, and the faces but push the, him off. Yeah, but the faces push his feet off, and then and then it's just a fucking the levees break. Yeah, and the two the two sides just just getting a huge brawl on the outside. There's a lot of conf- confusion. MJF and uh, and Orange Cassidy are dead tired on the inside. And then Miro comes out from the back. And he comes running down and just removes the head of Orange Cassidy with a lariat in the middle of the ring. Just decimates him. And MJF is able to... Oh, yeah, he, he hits him with that. But I messed up. I forgot to talk about one very funny part earlier, which is where um, Orange Cassidy gets taught the... Gets tossed oh, yeah, the bat. The, the Eddie Guerrero spot. He gets tossed the bat. And this is when all the chaos is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets tossed the bat. And um, he goes to hit um, Orange Cassidy with it. But, in, but the ref's about to turn around. So he's like, he's like ah, I'm going to do the spot that he did against Jericho. He tosses Orange Cassidy the bat, lies down. Orange Cassidy goes, uh-uh. He drops the bat on the ground, puts his hands in his pockets, the ref turns around and he's just like, well, this man with his hands in his pockets couldn't possibly have done it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the ref just picks up the bat, tosses it out of the ring. Cause, uh, cause he can't call a match for, for interference that he hasn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then it's the chaos. Then Miro comes down, removes his head and, um, and then MJF is able to just roll over top of him for the one, two, three. And Miro is just, he's up at the top of the ramp with Kip Sabian. They're celebrating. And the uh, the security and the refs and the production crew come out. And the production crew is, is all the AW Dark guys. So they're all taking shots from Miro left, right, yeah, and center. Man. He's stomping on dudes' heads. He just launches his hand like a lawn dart onto the concrete. Just threw him off like, the stage. Miro killed a guy. He kills a guy, and he kills guys in uh, in couture outfits. Yeah. Which I really like. I love that he just dresses in the most obnoxious, expensive mm-hmm. clothing, which Tony Khan must be paying for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all. Awesome. I think they are really building Miro up. Um I'm still a little concerned that they haven't done the bachelor party and the wedding. Maybe yeah, that's, they're just maybe maybe COVID they're thing. just maybe they're just abandoning it. I don't yeah, know. They might. Which is weird. They generally don't abandon things in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, they tend to give a little storyline reason for it. So maybe it's coming. Yeah, maybe it'll be part of this best friends angle i'm not sure but uh he he's look he's a the very least he looked super strong last week in the battle royale yeah mirror looks super strong at the end of this episode yeah um, he got to close the show out too so that's cool 
yeah, he now at least looks like an absolute force. Mm-hmm. Um, that match was a four and a half star match. I loved it. Oh yeah, for sure. That match was amazing. Um, yeah. So what are we looking forward to next week? Um, I can't remember all of the matches, but the two matches I do remember is hangman and dark order versus Hardy and private party. I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. Oh yeah. To see. This match is going to be great. Not so much Hardy and private party, but definitely hangman and dark order. Yeah. That'll be great. Um, Ivelisse and Diamante are, or Diamante are going to face, uh, Swole and Deeb. That should be good because Deeb is excellent. Mm-hmm. And, um, Swole is, Swole needs a little bit of guidance. She has super talent, um, really good striking. She's got all the charisma in the world, but sometimes her, her matches lack a little bit of focus, so I'm excited to see um, Swole in there partnering with Deeb. And against Ivelisse and Diamante, sometimes that can be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Ivelisse, she absolutely has... She has all the moves, but they don't always connect into a smooth match, per se. Yeah. But like some of the moves that she does, like nobody else is doing anything like what she's doing in the ring especially not in the women's division. The only person who is kind of close to that is Deeb, and I would actually really like to see an Ivelisse versus Serena Deeb match. I think that would be excellent. Yeah, that'd be really good. So I'm just going to do a quick search. Uh, So you talk to the people for a bit. I'm going to do a quick search, see if they've updated next week's card at all. Okay, how's it going, everyone? Have you got your Christmas shopping done yet? I have barely even started, which is nuts because it's so close to Christmas and there's a pandemic. So it's going to be really hard to get shopping stuff. Also cyberpunk 2077 comes out or it might already be out for some people. It is out in 15 minutes Oh, for, for Eastern time zone. Oh yeah. So that's what I'm doing in 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, it was a pretty good week of dynamite. I had a lot of fun watching it. I can always tell when it's good by my wife's enjoyment. She seemed to be enjoying it. She she really liked what Miro was wearing tonight. Uh, All right. So I have next week's matches. Okay, cool. It has been updated. We have Cody Rose versus Angelico, which is interesting. Yeah. I don't really know why that is the match, but I'm excited that uh, TH2 is getting a bit of a push. Mm-hmm. They're getting some TV time. It's nice. It's sort of like... The New Year's hit. They're like, all right, let's get some other guys on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Um, then it's going to be uh, Hangman Page and Dark Order versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. We talked about that. Then another one, New Faces on AW. We called this earlier. Acclaim versus SCU. Yeah. I think that's going to be an awesome match. I'm really excited about the Acclaimed. They look really good. Actually, that's another match to check out on Dark. They were really good on Dark again, and they had a really, probably their best rap diss so far oh, nice. on it. Very, very funny. Um, and then the Serena Deeb and Big Swole versus Ivelisse and Diamante. So that is the card so far for next week. I have a feeling we might be seeing a Miro match next week. That is just my thoughts. I think that... And probably a Team Taz match, I think, has to be in the cards as well. 
Yeah. I'm predicting both of those things to transpire. And at some point you would think Miro's got to take on Inner Circle at some point, right? I would think so. Because I want to see him versus Wardlow. Like maybe if you if at the end of this, after he beats the shit out of Sabian, after he leaves him, because you know it's coming at yeah. some point. Oh, for sure. It's got to at some point, maybe he turns face, they realize he's got more face potential, and he goes after Inner Circle. Who knows? I don't know. But I really want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. All right, so those are the matches for next week. This is our first um, our first Wednesday night recording. I hope it went well. Oh yeah, um, I had fun. I I had a good time. Uh, my voice is getting hoarse. So is so mine, I think it, and it's getting close to my bedtime. I got to go to work in the morning. So yes, I think it's about time <laughs> I stop talking. So we will see you guys next week. I think I'm going to upload this one tonight. Alrighty, you guys have All a right. good one. See ya.